Hey y'all and welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original Southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and I've got a good one for you tonight. The Twisted Woman I was sitting right here, Mary says, motioning to the lone rocking chair on the sparsely decorated porch. Should I? Her words fade, and I nod. She takes a deep breath and sits. Mary looks larger when she's seated in the rocking chair. She's a heavy-set woman, old enough to be grandmotherly, though she's never had children of her own. Though she's short, she fills the space of the chair comfortably, as if it had been crafted for her. Maybe it had been. My presence makes her nervous, though, and she taps the fingers of her left hand against the chair arm anxiously. My gaze flicks to her right hand, motionless and covered by a brown glove. I lean against a small table, making it into my own pseudo-chair. It's obvious that Mary never had much company, and judging by her mannerisms, that was as much by her choice as by theirs. This is where you first saw it? I prompt. Her, Mary corrects, as I thought she would. It was a her. Mary nods straight ahead in the direction of the swamp that runs right up to her property. At the moment, the water level is low, but the ground glistens, wet with the Florida damp that can suck your shoes right off your feet. It's the mashed potato texture that's always made my skin crawl. Was she in the water? I coax. I reckon she was at first, though it's hard to be sure. Hard to know where the water ends and the land begins in the swamp. She notes, her eyes are fixed on a single spot straight ahead, a vacant space that is indistinct from the land around it. It is, I agree amicably. So what makes you think she came from the water? Hmm, Mary murmured. There was a way she moved, just in the beginning, you see. Not all like she did later, bobbing and dancing across the water like a large branch caught in a current like a camouflage, letting your mind see the thing it needs to see, rather than what it is. I don't think I'd have taken much notice if it hadn't been for one thing. I wait, no prompt needed as Mary takes a deep breath. Wind was blowing to the north, away from my house, but the she was coming toward me, you see. Not close. Not like she wanted to visit the house or even me, but she was moving against the wind. Mary shivers despite the midday Florida heat. The fingers on her left hand grip into the arm of the chair. Her right hand doesn't move. Your mind tries to logic what it sees most of the time, so instead of heading in, I stood there and stared. What was this tall thing moving from the water to the land, I wondered. And before you ask, she wasn't a bear, she stated firmly. I resist the urge to defend myself. I wouldn't be here if I believed it was a bear. Then what was she? Mary tilted forward in her rocker, squinting toward the vacant space in the distance. She was... Mary breathed, raggedly drawing out her words. A twisted old tree. I want to smile, but... I suspect she'd think I was laughing at her, so I forced my face into its most neutral expression. Go on, I press, 
voice soft. A twisted old tree, Mary repeats, rocking back and forth, fingers on her left hand drumming urgently against the wood. Tall, she continues. Fourteen feet, maybe fifteen. Hunched and knobbed. Long branches stretching out and bending, one up toward the sky and one out to the side. Crooked and gnarled. Her head, I suppose, was a misshapen sculpt in a wood with crevices for eyes and a drooping mouth and a spindly branch of a nose. You've seen the ones like her, haven't you? Mary asked, turning to me. The trees with the shapes of men stretching and clawing to escape their bark prisons? Uh, I stammer. I'm utterly certain I haven't seen the things that she's describing, but I want her to believe that I understand. There was this one tree by my grandpa's house. It was really old and really wide, like it grew round instead of tall. Much like Mary had, I muse. It reached out toward the house with these big branches. My grandpa said it kept the place cooler, and it protected us, but it always seemed like it was reaching for us instead. I did not like that tree. Mary's eyes are on me now. Did he have a face? I chuckled softly and forced a laugh. No, I replied, though I'm not sure why. The tree did have a face, in the way that old trees do, with knobs forming eyes and a mouth. That's what you tell yourself now, she replied, her pale gray eyes fixed on mine. Human nature. We're always trying to make sense of the things that we don't understand. But it also makes us try to rationalize the mystery. Isn't it funny that there are times when we don't believe our own senses? I clear my throat. Now I'm the one who's uncomfortable. I love mysteries and the unexplained, but it feels like we're veering into some religious territory here. The twisted old tree. What'd she do? Mary sighs and begins to rock in her chair. It's a comfortable motion, born of years in that same seat, doing that exact same thing. Her eyes return to the swamp, but they drift along the tree lines in a less intense manner. Do? <laughs> Mary chuckles. Well, not much anything that night. She caught the rhythm of the trees and moved with them. I didn't dare to move with her twisted head turned my way, her mouth gaping as she swayed like a dog catching its breath. After a bit, I convinced myself that, with my imagination running wild, she was a tree, as much a tree as the one at your granddaddy's place, and that was all. Mary hops to her feet, her knees creaking in an arthritic grind. I turned. Mary demonstrates, quickly pivoting to face her back to the forest. She stares at the sliding glass door that leads to her home. There was just enough light to see her reflection. Mary's voice is quiet now. Just a tree, swaying in the wind. One branch reaching toward the sky, with an arm full of elbows. I look from the swamp to the glass and back again. Mary slides the door open and motions for me to follow. She didn't come that night. No reason to, I suppose. I didn't see her for weeks afterward. It was just like you see now. She waves absently toward the glass and slides the door closed behind me. She clicks the lock into position and then drops a pole into place across the track, adding an extra layer of security. Mary's home is small and barely decorated. 
The kitchen and living room are open and shared with a tray table next to the couch, doubling as a dining table for the single retiree lifestyle. A stone fireplace serves as the room's centerpiece, though it's been bricked over. Despite the lack of photos and trinkets, the place doesn't feel lonely or sad. It's simple, like Mary, and thus feels like Mary, too. Mary offers me a drink and makes small talk as she pours us each a glass of juice. I'm finally getting a real feel for her personality when it shifts, like a switch being flicked, as she stands next to the kitchen counter and turns her gaze back to the sliding glass doors. The next time I saw her was 22 days later. I counted every day. I'd fix myself an evening drink, tea mostly, and stare out at the shapes of the trees setting against the sun, the silhouettes that never change, until they do. I looked outside with her. Even though it's only my first visit to Mary's, it's easy to pick out the vacant spot that draws her attention. I'm trying to stay objective here, but the longer I look, the more it feels like a tree is just missing. She was back there, in her spot, the edge of the water. Storms were rolling through and the wind had kicked up mightily. Trees were bending in the gusts and I could see that arm again, flapping, twig fingers snapping and popping in the wind. She danced like electricity, bending over back, twisting up until her head was upright, and the hollow eyes locked with mine. Mary lifts an axe that was resting next to her fireplace. I hadn't noticed it before, and the sudden motion causes me to stagger back. I spill a bit of my juice onto my hands and laugh weakly. Mary grips the axe expertly in her left hand, stabilizing it with the barest of touch from her right. I want to laugh harder but the seriousness of her gaze shuts me up quickly. It was winter then, so when I saw her silhouette among those trees, I went to her with my axe. Two swings was all it took to take down that waving arm. I chopped and chopped, cutting every elbow in two, and I brought that wood back to my house for my stockpile. Mary's eyes are wide now, and my sense of discomfort has returned. I knew her story was strange. That's why I came out here. And I won't pretend to think that everyone I've interviewed for this project has been completely right in the head. But I also wouldn't say any of them were insane. Different, sure. But crazy has another feel altogether. And Mary's a whole lot closer to crazy than I first thought. Then this is recent, I say motioning toward the bricked over fireplace. It's a weak lead, I know, but my mind is scrambling. Mary's shoulders go slack and she sags back down onto the couch. I burned one log that night. One of hers. It stank to high heaven, like sweet and earthy at the same time. It was filled with sap, black and tarry. It stuck to everything. I couldn't scrub it off. She's talking about the fireplace, but looking at her gloved hand. I went to bed thinking it was over. No more tree to spook silly old me in the dark of night. I woke up to a shuffle of wood on wood, bark scraping against bark outside. I flipped on the patio light, hoping I'd spook me a raccoon or possum, but the scratching sounds, they was coming from my woodpile. Rats, mice, I rationalized, even as her logs flopped and rolled from their place on the top of the stack. They began to move across my porch, creepy calling like caterpillars do. My eyes are fixed on that vacant space in the trees. They were going back to her, I say. They was, Mary affirms, but she wasn't standing in the trees no more. 
She was like the first time I saw her. More person, less tree. But still all the same shapes and bends. She stood right up next to the seamen of my porch, and her logs belly slid back to her. I watched as they took their places along her stump, black sap sticking and suckling until all her elbows was back. Still, she ain't have her hand. It was all burned up. Mary reaches her gloved hand out to me, and I take it and squeeze. The hardness of her prosthetic greets me, and I inhale sharply. My voice drops to a hushed whisper. Did she? A swallow hard. Did she take your hand? Take? Mary says wearily. Nah, she didn't take it. Mary plucks off the glove, showing off the glistening black prosthetic that has replaced her hand. The stump of her arm is visible and jagged, hacked and sewn back together in a country hospital's best effort to save the limb. She swayed to and fro, one arm reaching toward my house, the other toward the sky, stumpy and oozing. In the morning, she was still there, a nightmarish thing of bark and syrup, always looming and waiting. She twisted and bent, turning her gape mouth in my direction, the pits of her eyes forever following me. She swayed faster and faster, jerkily snapping and creaking. The smell of her burnt bark flesh soured my house. I felt in my head what you see in my eyes. She's a twisted old tree, a knobby old cypress rooted in my brain and sapping my sanity. I wanted to burn her or chop her down. Then I'd look in the woods and see all the trees bend and twist together, moving as one. An army waiting for orders. So, I chopped once, then twice. It didn't come off clean, but I gave it to her anyway. She twisted and bent until my hand came off. Sickly black sap pulled it to its place at the end of the branch of elbows. I passed out. She slipped away. Sometimes, though, I'll still see her at the water's edge, bending and twisting, head upside down, one branch reaching forward and the other reaching toward the sky, reaching with my skeletal hand. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, The Twisted Woman, written by Erica Heflin, Narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. If you enjoyed this story and you want to hear more of Ain't No Such Thing, well, you better subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We're also available on Patreon, and you'll want to check that out because we offer some exclusive content that you'll find nowhere else. You can also join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Ain't No Such Thing, where we can interact and talk about horror and cryptids and haunts and all those fun things that we love so well. I sure thank you for listening, and I'm going to be back with another one for you real soon.